Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is, it's getting late into April already, April, halfway through, April 14th. Feeling pretty good out there. We're having a nice spring so far, just that nice slow warming. Things are thawing out quite nicely, not the big drastic up to 20 degrees and get everything going to it. This is a perfect spring, just nice and slow, good thaw, still cool at nights, keeps the keeps all our trees and shrubs dormant now for a little bit and lets everything come up just slowly, nice and thawing out, keeps the trees coming up slow, which is perfect for them just to get rolling, start taking up the the moisture and that. So in some of the things what I'd like to say we could do in the springtime, we could definitely get out, give your evergreens a good washing down, Right now is a perfect time to do that. Just hose them all off, put a little uni nozzle out there, and uh, give all your evergreens a good little soaking down, and then all the water will drip off the off the needles right onto the drip line in the perfect spot. And uh, for you golfers out there, if you're watching the, the the Masters at Augusta, it's just it's such a beautiful course, and uh, and that's something that we get to look forward to. In a, in a few months, in a month or so, when it greens up here. Depends if you're using the green up fertilizer, you'll get it a little bit sooner. But just, it's such a beautiful course, all the azaleas and and just the greens and the fairways. It's just, uh, it's a spectacular course, just the scenery, even if you're not a golfer, just to watch, um, just to see how it looks down there. Just beautiful, beautiful. And uh, good to see the nice competitive juices going down there early this morning. A big storm coming through, so they're playing early. Anyways, and what else can we do here? Lots of spring pruning to be done. Now's the time you'll start seeing um, some of the spring stuff start going. Definitely on the south side of your house, you're going to start seeing your tulips and your daffodils and any of that kind of stuff. If you could send me any pictures, love to see that kind of stuff. You can give me a shout at 403 974 255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you're from out of town. Um, those are the talk and text line. Love to love to hear from you. Love to see those um, pictures and we get going. Actually, already got someone on the text line. Good morning, Evan. First time listener here from Legacy. I just moved into a new duplex and I need so much help. I listened to almost every podcast last night after learning about your podcast. Yeah, so that's a good point. And Evan, thanks for uh, for pointing that out. If you do want to, if you miss an episode or you'd like to catch up on some stuff, you can listen on the Apple podcast. And I'm sure we're on the, the Android podcast as well. It's just under Let's Talk Gardening. And it's a good way just to uh, to listen to it if you're not, if you're busy on Sunday mornings and things like that. Obviously, you can uh, listen to it at any time from there. Um, one thing we're starting to see, again, just a lot of people looking for just the smaller trees and shrubs for your front yards and, and things like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. we got gladiator crabs, or one of my favorite ones, nice and narrow, disease-resistant. They don't get the fire blight and that that you'll see on some of the other crab apples but they're nice and narrow you have the crimson leaves bright pink flowers early spring and they do get the fruit but it's not not really heavy fruit most of it's all eaten by the birds you will get a little bit of a mess and that but it's a super great great um a shrub or tree for your front yard same with the roster and crab apple which is another good one columnar mountain ash is a nice one as well and if you have a little bit of bigger front yard 
you can never go wrong with the Ohio Buckeye. And uh, actually, we have the Red Rocket Maple. We'll have that in pots. I'm hoping to have that in caliper if they've sized up over the winter time. Hopefully, we'll be able to have those into caliper as well. So, getting lots of uh, lots of great trees coming in, and uh, out in the farm, they're going to be digging here right away, and probably already started digging on some of them. So, definitely that time of year as we get going. And like I said, this is a it's a nice spring because it's not going crazy where it's super warm, and then that pushes the trees so fast. And then when we're digging our our trees for the calipers, we have to go so fast because you're just trying to beat them before they get leafed out too far. So this is uh, hopefully it stays like this. It makes it nice for for doing all those kind of things, and it's way better for the trees and shrubs. Just a slow thaw. That way, there's still moisture in the ground for them to take it up. And what I what I got here a text. It says, are the bedding plants super petunias at, in at SIU? It's a little bit early. Super petunias in that. We'll probably get some in this week. I, I did bring in um, snapdragons, um, osteos. We have lots of pansies and violas. Actually, we're, we're already doing some custom planters. We did one out yesterday. Um, went to a customer's house. We planted up a bunch of uh, pansies for them. Bright yellow. Looks phenomenal. Love the look of... Uh, of that in the springtime when you see the pansies outside and we had ours planted out front of the store for a, a week or so now and totally covered in snow. It was sort of, um, on the, on the camera. And I know, I think it was Zoe took a picture in the morning covered in snow afternoon as it melted in the afternoon when it was totally sunny and you kind of get three phases in one day and that pretty much, um, tells you what happens in spring in, in Calgary. You can go from snow to summer in a matter of six hours. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Right now, I'm going to go to Cecilia. Good morning, Cecilia. Good morning. How's it going? Good. How are you? Um, I'm still standing strong. Nice. You're having some, you're having some fun with some little uh, squirrels out in your yard, are you? Yeah, we're having issues with squirrels. How do I keep them away from my garden? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. And uh, what are they? What are they doing mainly? Like, are they going in and eating what's going on, or digging, or they're digging, they're eating what's going on. Yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Yeah. A lot of times, is there is there somebody feeding them close by? That's a good question. I live in a condo complex, so maybe one of the neighbors is feeding them. Good question. Yeah, because a lot of times what they'll do is if they're if they're getting fed the nuts close by, they'll oh, take okay. them from one spot, then they go in there and then they bury them in your yard. Or oh, okay. That okay. sort of because typically they're not they don't go in and eat a lot of plants per se. Like squirrels aren't totally like that. They will go after bulbs, um, things that. So there is a product called Bobex. Bobex? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a herb-based product. tastes really bad, and okay. it works really, really well as a deterrent. So what you can okay, do is I'll you can sp- try, yeah. Yeah, spray mm-hmm. it around your yard in certain areas where they're going, and, and especially if you're in a condo, you probably have a, a little bit of a smaller space, so you sh- it should be a little bit easier for you to, to try and control. So okay, yeah. mm-hmm. that would be what I, I would sort of try, but I, I'm assuming maybe just maybe watch him a little closer, sort of see what he's doing, he or she. And uh, yeah. if they're just burying, uh, I, I would say they're probably going from one spot in a neighbor's yard grabbing the food and then coming to your place to store. Uh, so. Okay, yeah. I've given up uh, planting bulbs because they just dug them out. So Yeah, and that's where yeah. the uh-huh. Bobex works really well for that. 
Um, okay. Because you, it's a product that you can actually spray right on the leaf as well. Okay. So sure. when it comes uh-huh. up, um, you can spray it right on there, and it 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 works really well. Okay, I'll look into it. Thanks. Alrighty. Yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, and what do I got here? Well, almost time to go, but not quite. It says, good morning. When should you start to fertilize your fruit trees? When budding, leafing out, or full leaf? Um, I like to do it just when you start seeing them, just starting to push bud a bit. Then you know they're they're moving along. You don't want to push them too early. And so in, within the next couple of weeks, depending on, on where you're at, I know we're going to be starting doing the deep root fertilization. And uh, I was talking with Mark. And he's going to be doing the Rage Plus as well for customers. If you want to get the deep root feeding of the Rage Plus, he will be doing that as well. And he'll also be doing like the 15, 30, 15 or 20, 20, 20, depending on what other needs you need for your trees. We'll be doing a couple different mixes for them as well. Um, so, yeah, we're getting really close um, to when you can start uh, definitely fertilizing your, your trees and shrubs. And but like I said, right now is a great time to get out, um, hose down. And sometimes if, even if you're hosing down the house and you're knocking the cobwebs off and the dust and that water's going into the flower beds close to those around the foundation, that's perfect. That's kind of what you want to do is hose off around the windows, close up, and then all the water goes down into around the foundation. And you're not soaking or flooding out or anything like that, but just giving it a good washing down. So any of that beneficial water um, from cleaning off the house and the dust is going to go into the garden at this time, especially in those dry areas when you're around the, the foundation and whatnot. Well, I'm going to go down, and uh, everyone's probably mm-hmm. wondering. Everyone's wondering what's going on with Mary. So let's see what's going on. Good morning, Mary. Morning. How are you? Well, you just answered my question about what if you uh, should clean the house about today? Fer- oh. About fertilizers, <laughs> the, the fruit trees. Yeah, uh, you know. Anyway, I'll use Ray. It, it's starting to thaw here. Yeah, I I watered. I was afraid it was so dry here. Yeah, it, till it, we got the. That you snow. Know, we got some more, little bit of rain. And there was a lot of moisture in that snow the other day, and at least yeah, on the south was, end of town. We didn't get as much as you. Yeah, certain yeah, parts of Calgary. Yeah, certain parts of Calgary definitely got way more. Like yeah, I know they out did. in Bears Pond, the far northwest side of Calgary, yeah. got a couple inches. Um, I'm in the southeast side. And we got maybe half inch or something, but yeah. it, there was a lot of moisture in it because yeah, well, it stayed that wet. That was good. But so wet. So when just what you did have? Yeah, just sort of when, when you just start start, yeah, up. just when you start seeing them push a okay. bit. That's when I like to give them a good soaking, and then give them a good fertilizer at that point. And fifteen thirty fifteen is great for your fruit trees. Yeah, and you got pans. Have you got the greenhouse open? Obviously. Well, actually, uh, all the greenhouse. Yeah, did. yeah, we got lots of pansies, snapdragons. Um, we yeah, got some nice spring bowls. Yeah, lots I of pansies. I have faces in my garden. Yeah, no, I was got, all my little faces in my garden. Absolutely, love <laughs> I, the, love the pan. I just love them because they can take the cold too. Yeah, and ours are nice and crisp, so they've been climatized. Yeah, so good. they're they're ready oh, to I'll go outside. Up. I'll be up to get them. Awesome. Yeah, I'll bring you some. Actually, you want to add yeah. your pasta? Sure. And <laughs> we're having I'll bring you a, a little jar. We're having a, uh, and they're on sale right now. All all the pansies, we're having a spring sale. Buy one, get one 50% off on all the pansies. So. Oh, already? Yeah. Well, we were able to get a good price from our from oh, our grower okay. with them. So we, we worked out a promo. We pre-ordered a bunch of stuff. Oh, and good. so we're able to work that out. So oh. it, uh, 
Um, oh, I'll be right good up. Way, good way to start spring. Yeah, good. Okay, awesome. thanks, thanks, Mary. Mark. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's Garden Center destination. We have Calgary's largest selection of trees and shrubs and everything else you need inside and out for all your gardening needs. And... Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. How can we help you? Sure. I have a couple questions about uh, transplanting some evergreens okay. out, uh, from an acreage, uh, Elbow Valley-ish, yeah. to High River. Um, thinking of about three foot, four foot tall is what I want to transplant. Yeah. Uh, what should I? What step should I use? Well, right now is probably the best time to look at getting going on it because if the ground's thawed within the first two feet, you should be good to go. Okay. Uh, you want to do it when they're dormant or late in the late in the fall, sort of thing is when. But right now, spring is the best time. And just two feet around them, dig them yeah, out. Yeah, you sort of want to get, yeah, if you go in that size, um, and it's best to have a bunch, if you have some nursery pots or some sort of buckets to put them into, or burlap okay. sacks. Um, okay. You just you want to try and keep as much soil in place as possible. Okay. Um, so, yeah, dig them out, um, have your holes, and then when you get to the other site, are you just going to use an auger to drill the holes or hand digging them? Either an auger or a bucket or something like a... Yeah. Tractor or shovel. Yeah. Bit. If you have an auger, it's best for if you're transplanting stuff because you get that nice soil that grinds it up for you almost. Okay. Yeah. So if you have that, um, if you sort of like have a 12 or 18 inch auger, is great. And uh, put it in there. And I would mix in some Mike's product, um, the transplant oh. for Mike's. Put uh, Rub that on the roots when you just when you take it out of the bucket and transplant it. Um, watering them in well. I, I'd put bark mulch around them. And you're you're good to go. Make sure you bark pack them. Bark mulch up top after yeah. you pack them down. Really yeah, good. pack them in tight. Make a nice little well, and then you're good to go. Okay, so just add some mics and burlap and go from there. Yeah, yeah. Now bury them with the burlap on. No, take the burlap off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't really have to. It just if you put it in the hole, you, you can leave the burlap in. But um, if if that's what you're using, it'll it'll deteriorate. As long as it's not the pressure treated stuff, you'll be fine. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. You too. All right. And actually, I'm just going to go. Actually, Colleen McCracken is going to call. Actually, she's here right now. Actually, I might as well take her. We got a few minutes here. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. Getting ready for the big show coming up? Yeah, we are. It's uh, coming up less than a month, so we're very busy. Got our list and ticking things off, and it's all very good and fun. Awesome. So what kind of things can people expect when they come to the Calgary Hort Show this year? Because it is different yeah, than what they've seen in the past. So That's right. Well, first of all, we've moved to a new location. Yes. So we're located at um, Max Bell Arena, which is on uh, Barlow Trail. And uh, it's uh, 1001 Barlow Trail Southeast. So the good thing about the location is that it's it's on the LRT line. So oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, so that's a big change. Uh, lots of people have said that they don't want to drive or, you know, lots of people said that they do want to drive. So this place offers both. So yeah, that, no, lots of parking there. and Yeah, lots of parking and uh, parking in the neighborhood as well. And um, it's going to be different, too, because it's everything will be in one building. Uh, in the past, we had it in three different buildings. And Is it going to be in the main arena, like sort of on the ice surface sort of thing? Yeah, in okay, the main nice. arena. Yeah, and, nice. Yeah, and then there's a couple of things happening upstairs. Uh, there's an area where we're going to have the main speakers upstairs and uh, some of the container competitions and a few displays. And um, also this year, we're going to have three uh, speaking areas, uh, speaking stages, a larger one um, and a smaller intimate one, as well as a demo stage that will be shorter, um, sort of quick and dirty talks about people's, yeah. you know, businesses and what's new and that sort of thing. So would you describe this show more of a... Uh, like a real information for gardeners type show, like where you're having speakers and demos and things like that where people can get a little bit more hands-on and, and be able to talk with lots of gardeners, where maybe the other one in the past is more to look going through booths and sort of sh- a bit of shopping and other stuff? That's right. That's what we're working towards. Um, and we have a you know group of experts who will be on hand and able to ask que- you know answer questions. Yeah, there's a couple of questions. the co-hosts yeah. that help me out once in a while in between. You got Cass Smythe, obviously, and Joanne Chudy are going to be yeah, that's they're right. both down uh, there. Yeah, one of the um, uh, fun things we're having is on the one of the stages will be just a plain question and answer period, kind of like your show, you know, people yeah. asking uh, questions that that are important to them and getting the answer that they need. So that's what we're working on. We're trying for a smaller, more intimate show. Um, and we're uh, the Calgary Horticultural Society is all about education. You know, we're, our goal is trying to help people be successful in their gardening here in Calgary, which we know can be very tricky. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to it and, you know, hope that the new location will be closer in for people and, uh, yeah, a lot more fun. Yeah, and it's you're having a little bit later than... That's right, yeah. Yeah, we struggled with that, you know, uh, it, you know, but I think it's closer to the gardening season. And, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people are, if they buy their plants there, then they can take the plants absolutely home. Absolutely, get ready to go right away. Put them in the garden, yeah. Not, absolutely. Not having to worry about All keeping right. them alive. So, yeah. <laughs> and what are the dates of that? So, it's May 4th and 5th. Okay. And, uh, and it runs from 9 to 5, and it's at Max Bell Arena, and I hope everyone can come. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Colleen. Oh, thanks so much, Merle. Anytime, yep. and uh, we'll probably talk next week as well. Sounds great. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Don't forget to check that out. Always a good show, and the Cowrie Hort Society always does such a good job. So check them out uh, May 4th and 5th at the Max Bell Arena. Right now, i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I just heard, uh, I just read one of the texts, sorry. It says, I heard in one of the podcasts about sending in photos for questions. What is the email address? You can either text to 403-974-8255, pictures, or you can email Let's Talk Gardening at 
S-I-U-G-C dot C-A. That's spruceitupgardencenter.ca. And uh, love to be able to help you out. And I believe this is the gentleman. It is right across the street in Legacy. So you can also just pop across the street and say hello to the to the people down at Spruce. They'd be more than happy to help you out wherever they can. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How can we help you? I've got a lavender bush that planted last year. It did very well. It's about three feet across, two feet tall. Yeah. Um, just wondering, do I cut it right back, or will it grow back on the old uh, old wood? Is it a topier type one, or? I don't know. Okay. Um, I would. What do you just, mean by topier? Is, is it? That? Is there like a stem and then a, a like a round ball on top, sort of thing? Um, or does it come right from the ground? It's right from the ground. Okay. Right the ground. Yeah, I would just cut it right back and then let it come up from the bottom. Okay, okay. And then I also have a number of ornamental grasses, like blue oak grass, yep. uh, variegated ribbon, and boulder blue fescue, et cetera. Same thing with those? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, some of the blue fescues, they don't die back a whole lot. It like, depends how they're looking right now. Sometimes okay. they stay a little bit blue because they're a little bit lower to the ground and depends on much snow cover and, and sort of how the winter was to them. Okay. Um, so it, it'll sort of tell you. If it's looking really blue, you can just sort of cut off the top bit just to to revive, remove all the brown. And if you have Carl Foresters or any of the other ones, yeah, come right down to the ground and then they'll just push right back up. Yeah, I've already cut the Carl Foresters down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes people don't take them down enough. Like try and go down as low as you can with those two. Okay. And uh, yeah, definitely. But I like what you did. If you left them over the winter, it's really good because you get some good winter interest with the grasses. So yeah, well, they look very pretty through the winter. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. We don't get a whole lot of of uh, things that look good here in the winter time. So that's very true. It's nice when you can add those uh, those little elements. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rick. Bye bye. All right, and I always like these ones. Um, that was nice. Good morning, Merle. Love your program. Do you prune spring, fall, or both? Suggestions for plants to put an 11 by 17 fence that gets no sun. Um, for that, And shade gardening is actually one of my favorite spots because when using the right plants, you can create such a gorgeous area. So on that one, what I would recommend is I would do a, a background of Annabelle hydrangeas or ligularia is sort of a mixture of both, and you can do those. And then in the front of those, you could do Bernaria, and then in, in the very border, you could do a smaller Hostas, or you could do little clumps. You get a fairly 11 feet by 7, so you could do a good little area. You could do a couple little areas and sort of blend them in, and then just for a pop of color, if you add some nonstop begonias in the front as a border, it, it'll look very, very awesome. It'll look just spectacular. So... Again, when you're gardening in the shade and stay away from dogwoods and some of the things where people say are, are shade tolerant, you want to go to a true shade plant because the ones that are, they kind of say uh, part shade, they just they just don't end up doing well if you have an area with lots of shade like that. So that would be my recommendation on that. All right, right now I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. Hey, how can we help you? Yeah, I just had one question about the soil in Calgary. Yes. I'm, I'm in an older neighborhood. Yep. And um, I've been trying to work with turnips and cabbage and squash. Yeah. But I'm not having too much luck. Okay. Um, what, what's your soil like? Uh, it's pretty dusty. 
Yeah, so you're going to need some organic matter put into there. So what I'd even add is uh, cocoa core is a good one. Um, some sea soil works really well. Just to mix some, or just get some organic, some organisms living in there. You need to bring your soil back to life. If you're growing lots of root crops, I'd kind of stay away from the compost. Um, I don't even, like when I buy a bag of potatoes, I don't get the yield that the bag says. Yeah, it's because the soil has just been probably so depleted. And then there's a product by Greenskeeper's Pride. Uh, it's eight four five. It's a it's a great granular fertilizer that you can just mix into the soil. You just you need to rejuvenate your soil. You need to add some some food and energy into it because that's really where it all starts. Um, so to get that, you say add add it to it. Do I have to empty it and then? Re- is, is it a raised bed or is it is it right in the ground? It's just flat. Yeah. No. Just add to it. So what you want to do is, what I would do is turn over your bed, like go in with a shovel, get down as deep as you can, turn it all over, kind of leave it lumpy, and then add in a f- couple bags of that 845, the Groundskeeper's Pride, some sea soil, mix it in a good layer of it, and then just turn the whole thing over a couple times, and then you'll start feeling the soil, and you'll see it. Like the soil almost it starts coming to life itself. And then, then that's and you'll when you can start putting your hands in there and it feels good. Uh, this just falls through your fingers. Yeah. So yeah, you need some organic matter. You're dealing with dust, so we need to get some organic matter. You can still we can we can revitalize that dust and get it growing. So I just had one small question. Sure. Uh, it's not the time of year, but uh, those big pumpkins are growing around town. Yep. Are they steroids or no? They're just certain varieties. Oh. Yep. No, there's this. We have giant pumpkin seeds. They're just certain varieties. And the key to it is starting them early. A lot of people, they start them a little bit earlier inside, then they get them outside. I've and seen them on TV. They're gigantic. Yeah, it's just getting in the right spot. Last couple of years, like last year was a great year. I know a lot of the guys in Alberta were able to grow quite big pumpkins because we had a good warm summer. Well, they have a contest every October. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You see a little bit more of that, definitely central um, Alberta, a little bit more than down south. But uh, absolutely, they're just varieties, not really steroids or anything. But they do feed them a fair bit when they're getting into that. It becomes uh, a contest. So they they feed fairly heavily, but uh, it's just it's more of the variety of pumpkin. Oh, well, I'm going to try some turnips this summer. Awesome. Yeah, no, and we got some of those pumpkin seeds and things like that. But, yeah, just you need to bring your soil to life. So get some sea soil um, or even if you want to get bulk. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to help you out right now. I just remembered I got to give away a big yellow bag. So I'm going to get one delivered right to your house. Uh, to my house? Right to your house. Are you in Calgary? Uh, yeah, I'm in Ogden. Perfect. Congratulations. You have won a big yellow bag directly to your home from Eagle Lake Professional Landscaping. So there are the folks. They have those big yellow bags, and it's full of all those good nutrients that you're going to need to revitalize your your flower beds and your and your garden. I saw them. I just don't know what to do. Yeah. So we'll we'll get you. Uh, we'll get. I'm going to put you on hold. And and Brian's going to take your name and number and that and uh, address, and we'll get this thing delivered to your house. Well, thank you very much. All right. How's that? Yeah, I enjoy your program. Thank you so much. I'll just put you on hold. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that was great, and thanks to the good folks at the Big Yellow Bag at Eagle Lake Professional Landscaping. They're uh, 
they're very happily to donate uh, the big yellow bag to our listeners and we're going to be giving away one in the next couple of weeks as well so keep listening in and thanks again to Eagle Lake Professional Landscaping those are the guys with the big yellow bags I like to call them the sort of the <laughs> they're the other sign of spring besides tulips. You start seeing the big yellow bags sprouting up all over all over Calgary, and we have a partnership with them. If you drop them off at the garden center when they're empty, you get some spruce bucks to spend in the store. So so after you got your big yellow bag, your soil's revitalized, you can get uh, a coupon spruce bucks to use into the store as well. So right now I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and another sure sign of spring is uh, when you're up nice and early in the morning, you're hearing all the birds going like crazy. Um, love that. Love that sound. Just it's nice to sit outside early morning, hear the birds going, and uh, I moved a little bit closer to the river now, so I hear lots of uh, lots of the geese flying around the river, which is pretty cool as well. So anyways, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Lori. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have two questions. The first one was you spoke earlier about a good tree for the front yard because I had a birch that died from the city. And and uh, when they told me they'd replace it in two years from now, I thought, okay, I'm going to replace it myself. So um, I can't remember. I, I missed it on the show. Which can, one, earlier. one of the good ones is a gladiator crab. Gladiator, okay. Yeah, it's a little bit narrow. It's a vase shape. Gets about 12 feet wide, so not okay. super, super wide. But you get really nice pink flowers, crimson okay. leaves and that. And it's blight resistant, which is kind of nice. Okay, because I was also thinking about a Nanking cherry and to make it. How does yeah, that, that compare to that? It, well, the Nanking's more of a big shrub. Okay. Yeah. and it, it, eh? Oh, you can, but... It, it they don't once they're done it kind of like once you get the blooms and then the fruit they're kind of yeah <laughs> lack of a better term I I, I like okay. using them more in the background like they work great as a background shrub things okay. like that okay um then they work really well okay. um but in the front some a little bit more ornamental okay. do you have, how much do you have a fair bit of room or yeah a fair bit and I've turned my whole front yard into uh, a garden I took out the lawn yeah so yeah I need something there to, to a real nice space. focal point too is Ohio Buckeye I mentioned that I call it, we we nicknamed that the prairie maple because oh, okay. you get the gorgeous orange and reds and that in the fall and oh, you get okay. big white flowers in the spring oh, okay. and kind of ornate looking tree throughout the winter it's kind of has a little bit of a silvery bark and it's it's kind of just it has a good stature to itself oh okay that might be good too okay I'll yeah check that out. okay so then my second question is is um i also have um a, uh, another place and it's got uh, i had a neighbor and they took down a whole bunch of their aspen trees neighboring me so it's now opened up my yard to the wind and stuff so i'm wanting to put up kind of a privacy uh group of trees or shrubs or brushes yeah. bushes that would cover it. I'm just wondering what you would recommend that's not going to break the bank to put in for starters. And <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, some things that grow quick is the Swedish columnar aspen. They do work quite well. Okay. And we'll have them in in smaller, you can get them in five or ten gallon pots. Okay. And it's pretty reasonable. Okay. And, and they grow quite quick. Um, so th- they work good for those type of areas. Okay. And okay. again, the gladiator, where you might do three or four of the columnar aspens, if you did two gladiators up against there, because mm. they kind of grow into each other that way, you could do that as well. Oh, okay. Because they don't get super wide, but they can still work really good as privacy. Oh, great. Okay. So 
Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go to the phone line, and we got Greg on the line. Good morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I got a question about fire blight. I oh. got in my Ketone asters, and just want to jump, uh, get a jump on it. So, one of the best things to do, Greg, is uh, actually what I, if it's fairly bad, I would just take it actually right down to the ground. And this, it's called rejuvenation, it's a type of pruning. And if it's if it's if you get quite a bit of it through there, it's just the the plant is trying to use all its energy to rejuvenate itself to growing new wood. And it can't when it's dealing with all that old sick wood. So if you get rid of all the dead sick wood, it's able to just push all brand new growth, and you'll see two to three feet growth within the first year, no problem. And you can treat it with a Bordo, like with a copper spray as well. Or we have a product called Natria, which is a biofungicide, and it treats the it treats the fire blight. And also, um, you might have some of that scale on there as well. That's another thing that's going and hitting the the Ketoniaster is really quite bad in Calgary right now. It's sort of a it's been a, a bad infestation of that. So that oh, would be. Merle, does it help to prune it out and then, for, like, these are very mature. Yeah. I got them around the whole perimeter. Yeah. So could I prune it out and maybe fertilize it to make it healthier so it'll grow instead of cutting it right to nothing? Because these are, like, eight feet tall. Okay. It, it depends how bad it is, Greg, to be honest. And I know it's always sometimes the the hardest thing to sometimes do. But what depends if you look through it and you see lots of deadwood, it's amazing how fast they grow back up because all those, it has a huge root system and then it can put all its energy into brand new growth. And then you'll have a nice healthy head for the next 20 years. Instead, you'll be fighting with it. And and fire blight, if it's in there, it's a hard one to keep contained. It's, it's very contagious. And then it usually you'll see, it won't be nothing. Then all of a sudden, as soon as you get a bit of a, the first rain and it hits that fire blight and it just, it just spreads it really quick. Those spores. And they came came and wiped out hers. Yep. Replanted and did a bunch of stuff. But I kind of wanted to save mine. But yeah, and a lot of people yeah, don't really need to dig them out. I would just take them right down. I've done this hundreds of times, and ninety nine percent of the people are very happy when you do it. It's just a little bit of that shock factor of of yeah. doing it the first time. But um, again, maybe if you want to send me a couple pictures, but go in and look at the bark, Greg, and just see if you see if there's a bunch of scale on it, two little white dots all over it. You yeah. might be more infested with that scale. Because I'm thinking that's could be what's hitting it as well. Because it's kind of opening up and peeling and kind of reddish in color. So. Yeah, so you got a lot of that fire blight, and then there's also will be scale on there. So if it gets like that, depends how bad it is. Like I was saying, it's hard to keep it contained. So a lot of times it's just better just to to take it down, sort of bite the bullet, and then so it, literally cut it right to right the to the ground, ground like six inches, you like know, six up or? no six inches, six inches. Yep. Yeah, four to six inches. You want to get it as close as you can. Good sharp pruners. Um, go through with a chainsaw first, and then I like to go after and just give it a good cleanup with a good pair of uh, pruners or loppers that you can make cleaner cuts. Just to, so that way it seals up and you're not leaving that shredded look. Sure. 
it's a bit of a bite the bullet, and uh, and I, I it's the shock. How long do you think all. it'll take to grow back to six feet? Or um, two years, like I said. If you fertilize and put the soaker hose on it, Greg, you'd be amazed at how fast. Because, like I said, all that energy that it would typically use to try and fix that old wood, it's going to be it's simply it'd be something that we'd wish we could do. You know, you have a sore leg or whatever, you wish you could just cut off and then it would just grow back. But yeah. trees, we can do that with those shrubs. You take them right down to the ground. So all that energy that's in the root system gets to go to all new growth so it's just going to suggestion for the fertilizer what i would use on that is just 20 20 20 and i'd even mix in even our lawn fertilizer that 16326 spread that in as a granular all around the 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 base of the shrub of, of all your hedge and then just use a water soluble just hit it a few good times because it's gonna it's gonna feed quite a bit on the first year okay and you'll yeah. be good to go Thanks, Merle. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Greg. Good chatting. Good See you, bud. All right. And I got lots of texts going on and lots of other ones. I'll take one more here. We got Genevieve. Good morning, Genevieve. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have a, a couple of geraniums in my house. One's got beautiful pink flowers on it. I brought it in from last year and it's been doing very good, but the leaves are turning yellow and falling off. Okay, you're probably getting a little too much water. Ah, okay. Geraniums can run really actually quite dry. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and what I would probably do, Genevieve, is I would transplant it, and I'd cut about a third off the top. Well, I'm going to put it outside. <laughs> okay, what I would do is transplant it now, though, into a pot, like put into a bigger pot. Oh, is there in a fairly big pot oh, okay. right now? Okay, and is, was it new soil that you, when you brought them inside? Uh, the soil that I had in the pot, I just brought the pot in. Okay, I would if you could transplant it. It'll just it'll help getting roots going and get it actively grown for spring. So that way, when you put it out, um, it'll be nice and healthy. Sort of what I would do is cut a bit off the top, like a third. I would transplant it, put some new soil, or even just pop it out of that pot, knock some of the roots off, okay. and then just put new soil in around it. And, wow. Okay. Yeah. Sounds and, good. Yeah, they're pretty hardy, but yeah, they, they are. But they don't like to be wet. Like, they, ah. they do not like that. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so get a good all-purpose soil. Don't use necessarily the black soil from outside. Use a good soilless mix. Uh, and I had a bag of potting soil last year perfect. that's still outside. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, that'll be good. Yep. That'd be good. good. Awesome. Sounds good. All okay. right, and then, because they love the healthy roots. So if you get a nice healthy roots, you're going to have a lot better geranium throughout the summer. Oh, because the one's got about four big, nice pink flowers. Awesome. Beautiful. Nice, nice. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Or you call calling from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. And uh, I, do, I do actually have a gentleman from down in Coldale. He's sent in a text. Uh, he planted gorgeous spruce trees, and I know things grow gorgeous down there. He had a good hint uh, tip as well um, when planting, transplanting trees and shrubs is predig the holes, which you which you do. 
And he suggested the day before, which you can definitely do that as well. Typically, I always do that if I'm doing it in the same yard. Um, and he said, fill the holes up with water and let them soak through a couple of times, which is never a bad thing to do. Um, just get the water into the hole. And if I'm doing transplanting of potted trees and shrubs um, that are already grown in pots, I definitely water them really, really well before you transplant them because... So many times when you put in dry pots into the ground, it just it's really hard to get them rehydrated. So, and he has some gorgeous spruce. He sent in a couple of pictures. Uh, just uh, just beauties. Nice, nice. Uh, looks like you maybe got hit with a little bit of that weevil on the top when you lose the leaders, unfortunately. But that's uh, that's something we all struggle with. But uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous looking things. Let's go. Actually, got Evan on the line. Good morning, Evan. Hey, how's it going? Good. How can I help you? I just moved into a new place in Legacy, and the ground itself is fairly bad. Yep. So I was looking into the planter option yep. and had a guy build a few planter boxes, and I sent in. Yep, I've seen those. Those are great. You know what? Because they're, they're a good size, which is usually... Um, the problem, typically when people get boxes made or they buy boxes, they're usually too small. Yeah. So, so you got some really good sized ones, which is great. Um, so what I would recommend to fill those is either our spruce up all purpose planter box mix, um, all purpose potting soil, or if you're doing, if you want to do some veggies and stuff, we have the, the number four mix. It comes in a bale, like the old peat moss bale. Okay. Um, the number four mix for yeah. edibles. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and also we have the black gold organic um, soil mix as well. Um, any one of those three um, would work fabulous for you. And that black gold mix, um, was that from the Eagle Lake ones or that's your own stuff? No, it's, it's not actually what we sell. We don't make it up ourselves. When I'm doing boxes, I like using more of a soilless mix. I just find they grow a lot better. I love using the, we do have the the big yellow bag mixture in our bulk bins as well. Yeah. Um, but I when I'm doing in pots, I, I prefer to use a total soilless mix. Um, okay. You just see a, a much better result. I, sometimes the soil gets a little bit heavy. The big yellow bag stuff's awesome for rejuvenating your gardens, your beds, things like that. But sometimes I find them a little bit heavier for some of the planter box mixes. Okay. And to fill one of these, if I did it completely, mm-hmm. am I putting 100% soil? Yes. Or for drainage, someone you, had said putting rock. You can, rock. but you got lots of drainage. Like They're going to leak through the holes and that. You got you, you got cedar boxes. Um, you got lots of drainage. There's no issues there. Okay. So it'll it'll just leak way. out the bottom. What I maybe do is I would maybe line it with landscape fabric to help. Okay prevent any of the soil leaking out on through any of the cracks and stuff like that. So just staple some um, landscape fabric to the inside before you get going. Don't use plastic or anything, but use a landscape fabric and, uh, and you'll be perfect. And then uh-huh. every year you just remove the top third of the soil and then replace the top third and mix it in with the older stuff and then just use some granular fertilizer to mix in there so that way you don't have to replace it every year. Perfect. Awesome. And then I know it's got those little pegs to elevate it. Yep. But um, for drainage or water loss, is it better to have it right against the ground? No, you want you want some good drainage, and with this soil, it, it holds enough of the enough of the moisture in, so you'll be totally fine. You you definitely want some some drainage on that. So. Okay. 
Awesome. And it just keeps the wood um, better. It doesn't rot on you as much, and it's just easier to keep tidy underneath and things like that. So, Yeah, sounds good. Alrighty. Excellent. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Evan. And hopefully we'll see lots of you. We'll get you gardening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're at, we're at Patty. Good morning, Patty. Good morning. How's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, we have for years have ha- haven't been able to grow root vegetables, especially carrots and potatoes, because we get worms in them. Okay. And I think there's probably a solution, and I'm hoping you can help me with that. Um, are you getting, like, the little cutworm, like the little tiny white ones? Exactly. Yeah, a lot of times in your carrots, and so what people are doing is they, do you rotate the crop? Yes. Okay, that's important to do. Um, you definitely got to change the change the location of where you're growing. And there is a netting, like sort of a, a white fabric that people put over top of their carrots. It's just to stop that that the when it's a fly in the fly form from getting in there. It's just in the in the early stages of when you start getting all the foliage up top is when the when the best time without using a a chemical. Like there is some veggie dust and some other things that you can do as well, but it's just more of a it's a it's a, it looks like a white landscape fabric and you put it over top and it sort of looks like a row cover. So it still lets the moisture in and the light. But it helps prevent those those uh, little worms and that in your carrots, and you, you're getting lots, or oh yeah, we just have to throw the carrots out. Okay, every year. So, I'm hoping yeah. this past year, with it being so cold, because we've had a lot of problems with leaf miner, those worms, and some of that other things. So hopefully this winter um, would definitely help with that, and and turning your soil over really good um, will definitely help as well, and and definitely rotate the crop. Okay. All right. We'll or, give it a shot. Yeah, try that. And uh, if you can move them away from that existing spot, but turn the soil over really well at first and then give that a go. All okay. right. I know it's frustrating when you pull out, you see a nice carrot, and then all of a sudden you're, you're gnawing on a worm, which is not very good. No. And and you put the fabric on right when you start seeing it, the growth? Yeah. And how long do you leave it on for? Um, Until about mid-July, something like that. So it stays oh, on a for a while, yeah, because it just goes depending on when those when the when the fly is going through, and uh, and maybe if Cass Mice listen, listening, she's a little bit more of an expert on that one. She can uh, give me a call and uh, she can give us a little tip on that, and <laughs> and I'll look that up a bit more. But that's to be what has worked in the past. It's getting harder. There's so many of these um, systemic bugs that are getting into our. Our crops, and so without using a systemic insecticide, um, some of these ones are getting harder and harder to c- control. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a matter of doing a really good cleanup in the fall and even this spring. So if there's lots of leaves lying around, things like that do a really good spring cleanup, especially if you've had the problem, and then definitely turn over the soil really well, adding some more in there, and also adding um, a little bit of that diatomaceous earth in there. It's a sharp, it's like a real sharp sand and okay. a lot of the worms and things like that don't like that as well. Okay. All right. Great. I appreciate your help. All right. Thanks, Patty. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. And I got one more that I can go to. And if you'd like to join me after the break, I'm going to talk to Larry here. But if you want to join me after the break, the phone lines are 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. But right now I'm going to go to Larry. Good morning, Larry. 
Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I've got some uh, I've got some blue spruces that have got uh, they're kind of growing out on the bottom and they've got boughs uh, kind of touching the ground and I'm just and there's some of them are dying and the rabbits have been eating them and should I just trim those all up and how high should I trim them? Uh, how big? Are, how tall are they? They're about twelve feet, fourteen okay. feet. Yeah. Uh, if po- like, in some ways, I like leaving them as low as possible. Okay. It just depends, but then I would just make the shrub bed bigger. Like whatever okay. bed they're in, like remove the grass, like go a couple feet out from the from the edge of the of the tree. Okay. They're of on your... a rock base, so they oh. should probably I guess probably they'd be okay just the way they are. I just thought maybe they should be brought you, up. You, a you can bit. you can lift them up a bit. Again, it just becomes a little bit less natural looking and you see a bit more of the mess underneath them, right? Okay. And it's really hard yeah. to control it as the spruce gets larger what they're trying to do is recreate the floor's floor. So they like the needles down there. Um, it helps protect them because it's really pointy and it's similar to that diatomaceous earth that is recommended to the last caller is that it's sharp and prickly. So a lot of bugs and things that crawl up into them are deterred because it's like crawling through a, like a big thorny patch, right? So okay. so that's sort of what the spruce is doing. It's trying to recreate the natural forest floor when it drops needles from the inside, and they will do that every three years sort of thing. They do a, a major shedding process. Okay, and should I trim them on the sides? Because one of them's got a little bit of a bulb at the top. Is that is that indicative of anything? Yeah, like yeah, they, they do get a spruce, like a gall aphid. Does it look like it's yeah. curling over sort of thing and... One of them is. Yeah, I've got three of them. Yeah, so cut those out, and that's really the only way to do it. We we can do an injection on those, but if it's smaller amounts, just cut them out. But when you cut them open, break them open, and even cut the ones that are kind of they kind of start looking deformed. They sort of start curling over, and yeah. p- open them up, and you'll probably see the little maggot type things inside there. Little, okay. little aphids, and they just okay. they eat the the spruce bud right on the end um, when it's all the new growth because it's softer. They get in there and they eat everything from the inside out. Okay, all right, and then and then very quickly, I've got some Winnipeg Park roses. Should okay. I trim those back at all, or just leave them like they've done quite well the last? Uh, just, just put them in last just, year. Yep, just leave them, and you'll see where they die back to. So then, yep. just trim them up at that point when you'll you'll start seeing the new green growth. Just trim back just above the green growth, and then just even them out. Like if, if okay. you have one or two branches that's kind of gone a little crazier on one side than the other, just even them up the spring. But just wait till okay. all that new growth comes up because it'll tell you where the winter kill is. Great. Alrighty. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Larry. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Gord Gillies here with an opportunity for you to take part in an unforgettable adventure that will help change lives. I'm talking about the Kidney March this fall from September 6th to 8th. It's the 10th anniversary of a three-day journey that begins in Millerville, winds through Kananaskis country, and ends up at Canada Olympic Park. About 500 people taking part, walking 100 kilometers, raising awareness about kidney disease. One in 10 Canadians has kidney disease, and every day, 15 people, every day, learn their kidneys 
have failed. The Kidney March supports prevention, life-saving research, patient programs, Kidney Kids Camp, and organ donation. Just a week ago, Canada celebrated Green Shirt Day in memory of Logan Boulay. Thousands registered to be organ donors. It's huge. And among the 4,300 on the wait list for a transplant, 3,300 need a kidney. In 2017, 627 Albertans were on that wait list, and sadly, more than 35 died waiting. You can make a difference. Register to be a donor and join us on the Kidney March. Visit kidneymarch.ca to be inspired. Let's the Garden is brought to you by Spruce Up Garden Center, Calgary's garden center destination. We have Calgary's largest selection of trees and shrubs and everything else you need inside and out for all your gardening needs. And uh, it does feel good at the garden center right now. Um, spring is springing for sure, but we always like to take the, the slower, a little bit more cautious. We've got lots of pansies, lots of different plants in, lots of house plants, but we've brought stuff that can actually go outside right now. So we got violas, snapdragons, um, lots of pansies, things like that. Um, probably in the next couple of weeks, next week, I'll probably bring in some petunias, a few other things for some people who want to get a head start on their planters and things like that. Um, as it looks fairly promising, but we always like to keep track of, uh, of what you can do. Just had an interesting text too, or just always a good tip to think, when do you turn on your outdoor taps back on? Well, I actually, I turned mine on the other day and, uh, and seems to be good. Irrigation depends on, um, how much sun you have. A lot of them will be still frozen. I'm imagining in some of the shade depends if any water got back into them after you haven't blown out. But it's uh, we're getting real close to where you can turn the irrigation back on for sure, and uh, by all means. And then I got another one. When can we power rake the lawn? And uh, and also we got a twenty. I'm not too sure what a Lillian tree is. I, I maybe got the spelt wrong. I just asked to fill that in. Right now, again, if your if your if your lawn is in the full sun and fairly dry, you can definitely do your power raking now. And uh, and definitely fertilize. Like I said, I did mine last week. Uh, my backyard faces southwest, so lots of lots of sun, fully dried out. Uh, had the power rate guy go through, and then I fertilized with my Green It Up fertilizer, the sixteen thirty two six, and be good to go. And then one more question on that text: Can we move the large peony bush? Um, peonies do not like to be moved, but if you are going to move it right now, is a good time to move it. Um, so pre-dig your hole if you're going to be moving it in the same yard. And the very important thing is keep it exactly at the same level it's at now. Don't change the depth. Like So just make sure you keep that um, same level as where it's at now. And uh, and once you once you move it, and then I would use the 153015 or the Rage Plus to water it in with, just to help get that bulb going, and then you should have some decent success. But they're one that might um, give you a bit of grief on that um, on the move because they do not like it. We got one more question from Stephen. It says, "Morning, Merle. Question on raspberry bushes. I have a small bush in my backyard, about two feet wide, eight feet long." Is it a good time to cut them down every year or just prune the dead stuff? A few years ago, my dog ate down to almost to the ground, and they seem to come back really well. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, what I like to do is you just go through and remove the ones that look gray or darker brown. Leave the new growth, but if you go in every spring, like right now, cut out all the last year's growth 
or two years growth, it'll open up and, and then it'll, it'll get fruit on last year's growth. So you'll have a lot better success that way. So uh, that's how I would treat that. Um, and don't forget to fertilize your raspberries. A lot of people forget to fertilize some of our fruit stuff. They really like the 15, 30, 15. Um, higher middle number gets the blossoms going, gets lots of fruit production. So you should be good to go that way. And I'm going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Or Lorianne, sorry. Hi, how are you? Good. Lorianne? Yes. Okay, perfect. How can I help you? Um, so I put in uh, four, four hardy rose bushes last year. It was the first time I've done anything with roses, and I used uh, Mike's yep. um, powder they recommended. And I'm just not really sure what to do with them now this spring. Um, you know, there's little dead leaves on them. I don't know if I pull them off, let them fall off by themselves. I, and should I put some more mics on them this spring? Well, no, mics needs to get applied to the root system. It's something basically only used during planting. Um, okay. So you rub it on the roots. Um, just be patient. Um, a lot of stuff hasn't even begun to sprout. We're still only mid-April, so we're still pretty early. Uh, the ground has to warm up, get the juices going. If it's in a drier, hotter spot, you might want to add a little bit of water. It wouldn't hurt to okay. water them. Okay. And just wait for them to shoot out new growth, and you'll see where the new growth comes out. And then anything that doesn't leaf out above the new growth, you can just trim that off at that time. And then just even them up, too. Like I was saying to the last caller, if, it, if there's one branch that kind of went a little bit wonky on you, you can just prune that in a bit just to even them up in the spring, and then that way you get good even growth throughout the summer. All right, and good luck, and uh, hopefully if you have a good sunny spot, you'll be a, a rose lover for life because once you get them going, they're just a gorgeous thing. And, and don't be don't be afraid to deadhead. Sort of just when they open up, they're still looking really good. Um, just when they start fading, if you prune them off at that time, it'll encourage the plant to send out more and more blooms. Okay. That's Excellent. one Thank of the you. biggest hints I find with rose grows, that they leave it, the plant thinks it's done its job, and I've already, hey, I've, I've produced some blooms, I've done my reproduction, I've seeded, and then they stop. But if you deadhead, it thinks, hey, i got to do more and more. So it'll, it'll give you more and more blooms. All right? Fabulous. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Lorianne. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. We all want to find a way to make a difference in the world, and this may be one of the easiest. Register to be an organ donor. Gord Gillies with you today at an event where I'm learning all about that courageous act of kindness and how it can truly save lives. For 10 years, hundreds of people have supported the Kidney March, a three-day walk in September winding from Millerville to K-Country back to Calgary, raising dollars and awareness to fight kidney disease. This year, teams from across the country will take part to help the more than 3,300 Canadians on a wait list for a kidney. The Kidney March helps fight kidney disease by raising awareness about the importance of organ donation and research. Money raised helps find ways to beat a disease that impacts 1 in 10 Canadians. It also supports prevention, patient programs, and even helps send kids to kidney camps. Get a team together, come on your own, make a difference. Kidney March is September 6 to 8, three days, 100 kilometres, a life-changing adventure for you and those living with kidney disease. It's a life-changing adventure for them. KidneyMarch.ca to be inspired. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And we're going to do a giveaway. We're going to give away a $100 gift card for $100 
for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Lots of hundreds in there, but we're going to give away a $100 gift card to the first person that can answer the question, what are the numbers to the greened up lawn fertilizer that I talk about? If you can answer that question, you're going to win a $100 gift card to the that you can use to uh, help clean up your yard. And uh, if you can answer, what are the numbers to the Green Up Lawn Fertilizer? And right now, I'm going to go to Shannon. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. How, How are you, you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I just have a quick question. When I was in Kelowna last spring, okay. I purchased some petunias, and they were jet black. Yep. They weren't the purple black jet black and when i got home i tried to find some in calgary here yeah and every place i went to they thought that the purple black was what i meant now these were called black satin do you know whether we saw them in calgary here yes um we definitely had and i and i believe they're there we have them in again this year mm-hmm. um they, they were harder to get i know what you mean because they're the ones that are real black a lot of them are just a super dark purple right exactly and a lot of that depends on this the way that the sun hits them as well yeah. and how they and how they perform that way um they, they were super popular and i think it depends on what people mix some i know we went crazy on them a couple years ago and then they kind of went out of fashion and i got stuck with a bunch of black ones oh. and uh so it's hard yeah hard and, to know yeah so yeah it's really hard to do that so that um yeah, so I'm pretty sure we have the black satin this spring. Um, just give me a shout even at the store or send us a note and I'll be able to answer. I'll talk to Zoe. I'm pretty sure we have the black satin coming. Perfect. Okay. One more quick question. When is the best time to plant my sunflower seeds? Um, I like to wait. I, uh, it depends. Are you going for the real tall ones or just... No, the, the shorter ones that I can pick up small bouquet from okay um those ones you can start even if you start them inside you get a little bit of a head start okay because they take and then you can put them into a six inch pot and then move them out from there but a lot of times we we usually put them out beginning of may seed them if you want to do direct seeding and then you should be fine if you go too much earlier they're going to sit there too long and i find the birds will eat them more oh okay okay well thank you very much this morning you're very welcome all right And I'm going to take one more call, and then after the break, I'll talk to to Brian. We'll find out who the winner is. And uh, good morning, Vern. Hi, Vern. Good morning. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Good. Hey, I've got uh, some hedge uh, hedge on each side of my property on the front. Okay. Uh, is it okay to shake them now, or do I wait till they're green and full of leaves? Um, actually, right now is a good time to do it as well. What type yeah. of hedge is it? I don't know. I don't know if they're contoniaster or okay. or what. Yeah, and it's a good time to look at the bark. And, I, and I've had a few people ask about this and talk about it because there's a lot of issues going on with the contoniasters in Calgary. If yeah. it's a really nice, healthy hedge, uh, absolutely trim it now. You can do it just before it leaves out. And typically what you want to do is you get a little bit narrower at the top and wider at the bottom. A lot of people trim them the opposite way where they're wider at the top and narrow at the bottom. Yeah. So if you can try and do it the other way, that way the sun will hit the bottom part and you'll, it'll stay a lot thicker on you. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, right now is a good time to do that. These have little blackberries on them. Does that tell you yeah, what kind that, they are? Yeah, that'd be a ketoniaster. Okay. Yeah, so this, okay. yeah, right now, look at the bark. And as we had an earlier caller, Greg had mentioned, he had lots of peeling and stuff on the bark on the inside. And that's a sign of fire blights. And But there's also, if you see a whole bunch of little white dots all over the all over the bark, you'll have yeah. scale. So, oh, okay. um, and at that point, and, and do you, have you been in this house for a while? 
Uh, yeah, about four or five years. Okay, yeah. so does it typically fully leaf out? Looks pretty healthy. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, then you're good to go. A product you might want to look at using last week in July, first week in in um, last week in June, first week in July is a product called Pure Spray Green. It really helps prevent the and helps to combat the scale. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Vern. Okay. Thank you. All right. And I got a couple other ones, um, just a couple texts I'm going to go to. When can we power rake our lawn? I answered that part. And when can we trim our lilac trees now? They're about 25 feet tall if we cut them back to 15. It's just something will they fill in. They will, but really cutting a, a, a shrub back at that um, you you just if you're going to try and keep it that that height, you're going to get some die back because you're cutting back at pretty heavy wood, and you're going to get some bigger um, branching. It's going to go. It's 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 tougher for them to heal over at that point. So you're going to get a fair bit of die back, and then you're going to end up eventually having to take them right down to the ground. But you can definitely do that, and it'll look good for a, for two or three four years. Um, you won't get any blooms this year on that on that lilac. And when you do that, again, if if a plant is, and that's a huge lilac, if it's 25 feet, um, probably more in the 20, 15, 20, because that to be 25 feet, that's a, that would be a huge lilac. Um, so I would just look at, um, yeah, not necessarily have, a, maybe have it assessed and, and have an arborist look at it. Again, it's just something that you don't typically want to do to your lilac if you're looking to keep it at that height. Um, it's it's just harder to do, especially when you're cutting it right in the middle, and it's just pretty heavy branching from there. So, anyways, and where are we at for that? I think I'm just going to take a break, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and... Definitely getting lots of calls, and uh, Brian's just going through and getting the winners sorted out. Someone's texted in on the on their text line, and the answer was sixteen thirty two six. And I'm going to and where are we at? Where's my line? Or what am I supposed? Oh, here we are. Congratulations! You have won a hundred dollar gift card towards services from one eight hundred Got Junk, your full service junk removal company that handles the tough stuff. Just point, and the junk disappears. And I know um, firsthand that I've known quite a few people have used this service, and it works great. They show up, and they go. I think they're almost twenty four hours a day, like ten eleven at night. I've seen them um, nine, and uh, they work all the time. They just call, come pick it up, take it away on for you. Anyway, so that's a uh, um, $100 gift card towards services from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, your full-service junk removal company that handles the tough stuff. Just point and the junk disappears. So, all right, let's go to, Sh- where am I going to go? Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I have some Saskatoon bushes, and the last couple of years I've been having problems with sort of a little maggot that attacks just as it's setting fruit. Yeah. And uh, also, it seems to, I don't know what it is, but lays kind of an egg or a little maggot that forms in the leaves and it kind of curls it around. Yeah, they're, they're getting a bit of that leaf miner and and it's, it's, it's something that's hard to, I, I guess, deal with because you don't want to use a systemic, especially with the Saskatoons. No, I don't particularly want to know. Yeah, no, no, no. And... Um, 
uh, on that. I'm just trying. Are, are you getting little orange things on the end of the fruit too at all? Yeah, some do. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a fungus-looking thing. Yeah, and that's what it is. So there's a product you can use. It's called Natria. How do I spell that? It's N-A-T-R-I-A. It's a biofungicide. Okay. And you can use that. Is that a powder or, no, it's or a, a spray? It's a, it's a liquid spray, yeah. You mix it with water and you spray it on. I've also used a malathion, but I don't like to use that because it's yeah, too hard on my bees. Yeah, no, it doesn't really do anything for this because it's a oh. systemic because it's something that it's right inside the inside the tree. Oh, Okay. So that's yeah, the hard. Yeah, I've got quite a few of them. I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, one you know, thing I would myself, do is but... prune out some of those things right now too, and do a really good spring cleanup. Like try and get in there, remove a bunch of the the old leaves and things like that. Do a really good spring cleanup. Okay. And that'll definitely help. Okay, I'll try that then. Yeah, it's hard. It's one of those ones that's in there naturally as well, and it goes through cycles. And uh, I'm hoping with this past winter, like I mentioned to a couple other callers, that. Um, it'd be nice if uh, some of these systemic bugs get looked after with that cold snap we had. Yeah, it would sure be nice. But... Yeah, absolutely. All okay, right. thanks very much for your help. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. 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 All right, and I got a text, and it just says here, Hi, Merle, my question is about growth on this columnar Bruce, blue spruce. I ordered two years ago locally. It arrived with a definite bear patch. And unfortunately, some of the Swedish, or not the, but the fastigator or the columnar blue spruce, you'll get that. And I guess that's sometimes the unfortunate thing if you're ordering online and you get it delivered, you don't get to pick out your own trees and shrubs. Um, and then it says the branches are longer on one side than the other. And that's because they're growing and depends on the shadier side in the nursery. It, it's grown up. Maybe it got grown a little bit too close to the other one and it got a bear patch. And that's typically what happens. And can I prune the lower branches back a bit to help thicken it up in the base, or will I ruin the shape? Could you recommend a fertilizer? I've been using Rage Plus. And it looks like you're getting decent growth for planting a couple years ago. I would use 30-10-10, and I would just clean out a little bit of more of a, a patch, like a root, like a tree well for it, and use bark mulch. Really, there's not a lot you can do to fill that in because they stay pretty tight, um, some of the branches on the lower ones that are drooping over a bit, like they'll pull up as it grows. Um, you can try tying, uh, but a, a, don't use a string. Like use a like a pantyhose or a, we have some tree tie stuff that you could use to pull the lower branches in a little bit. But really, sometimes there's not a lot you can do on that. And and that's I, I've thought about selling plants. Um, somewhat online too but it's it's hard right because people love to pick out their own trees and shrubs so that's sort of why i recommend if you're if you're looking you get to come pick out your own plants and then you know what you're getting you know what they look like and uh and a lot of the independent garden centers here in town we're bringing in the number one grades and and some of the other spots sometimes you get number two or park grade trees and shrubs and when you're calling around your garden centers um we get this a lot people um, just comparing price, and I know it's hard because when we do our caliper trees and our potted trees, we're bringing in only number one grade. We offer a two-year warranty, 
uh, and things like that. So some of the stuff we're, we're definitely not as as cheap on some of the things, but definitely as competitive as possible. And you'll see that at more of the independent garden centers, like they're bringing in the quality things. Uh, they're not this mass buying out of the states or something like that, where the quality is not quite as good. And and you're and you're bringing in the right varieties because it always drives me when I go into some of the box stores and I'll see gala apples or certain pine trees that will never grow here, like the Austrian pine. Like unless you have a super um, shelter location, things like that. Um, I work with uh, a couple caliper tree growers in this area, and they grow specifically for us what we want. And and we go out and we handpick all of our own trees and shrubs so we know what we're getting. And and we work hard with our with our nursery people to make sure that we're bringing in the best stock that's going to survive here. Calories hard enough to grow, and if you're starting with stuff that isn't quite up to snuff, it makes it a little bit tougher to go from there. But right now, I'm going to have to uh, take a quick break, and then when I get back, we'll talk to Shelby. And if you'd like to join us, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-536-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. One in 10 Canadians is impacted by kidney disease. One in 10. Think about that. That means there's a very good chance that you or someone you know lives with a disease that dramatically impacts their quality of life. Gord Gillies with you this morning where we're all learning about that and a way you can get involved to make a difference, a life-changing difference. The Kidney March takes place in September. About 500 brave, caring Canadians will embark on a three-day walk winding its way from the Millerville Race track south of Calgary through Kananaskis country back home to Canada Olympic Park. It's team building and life building. Money raised will support research that's saving lives, help patients struggling with kidney disease, send kids to camp, put together a team for this unique adventure or do one simple thing, register to be an organ donor. That simple act of love can help so many Canadians in so many ways including the more than 3,000 who are on a kidney wait list. Visit kidneymarch.ca and you'll be inspired. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I got one quick text here that says, so I have these coming up, LOL. I know they need to meet... They need dirt, obviously. Actually, they need soil, not dirt. But I want to move them. I live in a rental, and these are planted basically into a walkway. Yeah, but man, they look like they're irises and... uh, or some type of lily, daylily. It's hard to totally tell, but there's tons of them, lots of roots. They actually, they could be daylilies. Um, definitely, you can you can dig those up right now. Is a good time before they get going too much. Dig them up as much as possible, and you can move them. Or if you just want to add some soil, like these, the tubers are growing right out of the ground. But like he and he or she said, definitely very determined. And uh, that's one thing Mother Nature can definitely do is uh, it's very determined. And it's Irene Berry who won the won the gift card. So congratulations on the 1-800-GOT-JUNK uh, gift card. And I'm going to go up to Shelby. Good morning, Shelby. Hi, how are you? Good. How can I help you? Well, okay, I know it's too early to pick up, like, the leaves because of the beneficial insects. Um, but in my garden, I have like leaf mulch, yep. and my ornamental grasses and my perennials are already coming up yep. a lot. Like, and I leave the ornamental grasses up. Is it too early to clean that up in the garden? I, I guess it, it isn't. Um, 
I, I typically wait till the little bit closer, but if you're getting lots of growth coming up. Yeah. I have yeah, some facing. Yeah. Guard. So sometimes you have to do what you need to do, right? You need to get in there and tidy up. Otherwise you end up tearing up the, um, your plants when they get too much growth on them. Okay. So, so absolutely. If you need to get in there and clean, just be gentle. And I just like to shake out some of the beneficial bugs. If you happen to notice some ladybugs or different things living in there, just mm-hmm. shake them out into the existing plant and, and they'll go find a spot to stay in. And rather than going in there with a, with a machine and sucking them up out of the vacuum or something like that, that's all. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, we want to, and that's a good point, Shelby, is uh, for a lot of people is just sometimes we clean up too early. And a lot of times I like to say is procrastination is okay at this time of year a little bit because there's lots of beneficial bugs. And if you open up your plants too much and they get going and, and also we do get a little bit of a cold spell, you have all that tender growth that can get set back quite a bit with some of the heavy frost. So that's mother's nature's way of protecting it over the winter. So, okay. Awesome. Thanks, Shelby. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Bye. Bye-bye. And and uh, here I got one text. Do you have fern leaf peonies? Um, we don't right now, but we definitely will. They're ones that are a little bit tender, and they're they're either called that or the Japanese uh, peonies. Gorgeous, bloom quite early, but we will definitely have them in. Um, typically within the next two weeks, you'll see a lot more perennials. It's it's still too cold outside um, to plant some of that stuff out. Um, typically, if you can walk outside in the soil in your bare feet for 15 minutes, um, then it's good. But try sticking your feet in that soil right now, and uh, you won't stay in there very long. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a little bit chilly, so um, it's just patience. It's and I know that with this weather, we've all gone through that long winter. And uh, when we get this, it feels like we should be out gardening, but there's lots of things you can be doing, a little bit of spring pruning. You can definitely plant some pansies into your pots, things like that, and and start doing some planting, start doing a little bit of cleanup in those real sunny locations, and you should be good. And right now I'm going to go to Irene, and she has a question. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have a 20-year-old uh, Hoya plant. Oh, nice. And it's beautiful, but I noticed last year and this year it has not sent out any new green shoots, which it always did. Yeah, that um, is a little bit unusual. Do you typically um, feed your Hoya? Yes, it's been treated very well. Okay, um, what do you feed it with? Uh, um, 20, no, let's see, 15, 30, 15. Okay, that's perfect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, has the light changed on it? Is it not getting as much light? Well, the thing is, it's never been in sunlight because of, I couldn't help it. That was the only location yeah. I had. So I have it just for greenness, for the growth. Okay. And it's been uh, beautiful. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's reached this age where it has to be you know, and it probably might need to get repotted. Um, if it's been in the same pot for a long time? Well, it's in a very large pot. Okay. Well, then they should be good. They don't have a huge root system. They're somewhat of a succulent, oh. so it it should be fine. So just um, on the feeding, you might just want to cut it back a little bit just to... Um, this and that might just help thicken up because sometimes they get to a certain length and it just feels like it's done everything it needs to do so it won't really send out much more. Oh, I see. Okay. So just maybe trim six inches off all the way around, sort of even it up. Right. And uh, and then see what it does from there. And right. then you can also start some new ones off of there as well. Actually, I have. Oh, nice. <laughs> In case this one didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. And if you can get and there's some really good new lights, like... Um, light bulbs that you can put in your existing lamps and things like that to 
um, bring in real sunlight into the house so you can help get that thing to bloom right inside the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, just get it. We have lots of grow lights that you can add right to your existing fixtures. Right. And uh, and it makes all the difference. I was in the the Jamin Master Build um, building the other day, and uh, what a, what a great facility they have. And they have these um, walls that grow plants all over the place, and but they have these uh, lights, grow lights that come on at nighttime and, and give them the natural light to, um, to make them grow. So um, definitely lots of alternatives. Okay, thank you. You've given all right. me some good ideas. Awesome. Thanks, Irene. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got to go, and that's it. This week went by super fast, so let's hope for more spring, and thanks for listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.